This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, it's Sunday night, and that can only mean one thing. It is extra time. The final word on the weekend's action here on Always Wolves, uh, episode 174, as this goes out on podcast as well, on the Always Wolves podcast. Uh, so if you're watching this back, welcome. If you're listening to it on the podcast, uh, welcome as well. I do want to stick uh, crack on by saying, first of all, a big thank you to uh, local branding company Creation Wall for powering extra time delivering the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions. So if you've got a company, uh, Creation Wall, fantastic people, uh, they will take your online presence to the next level and the link to their website is in the uh, description below. We're going to be joined by some uh, Wolves fans and guests as usual. Uh, today, we are going to be obviously, as usual, talking about and discussing the talking points from the match, what we've learned, uh, the man of the match, the performance rating highlight of the day. We will be looking ahead, of course, to Tottenham's Hotspur and having the mini quiz as well. Um, but as it says on the header, is there any silver lining from that uh, victory? Because, uh, you know, obviously, a lot of the talking points from the game is regarding, once again, where talking about a penalty that's incident regarding Wolves. We talk about the Man United one, penalty not given, uh, the looting hand to uh, leg to hand penalty given, the Wang incident last week where he hardly, well, didn't seem to touch the Newcastle player given. And yesterday, Fabio Silva involved in the 90 plus 10th minute of the game Um and the player goes down. I'm in the op- we're in the opposite what, uh, side of the stand at the time, but looking at back, I walked out after the game and Jack, the voice of reason, said, Dave, it's another one. You're not going to believe it. The penalty, it's not a penalty. And, and all of those incidents, VAR have not um, dealt with it in the correct manner, it seems. And one of the things we also have to talk about tonight is Fabio Silva, his time at the club. Is it working out for him, um, the poor lad? He was in bits at the end. 
but there has been a little bit of abuse that's been targeted at Fabio Silva, and it's okay criticising players, but abuse is a different kettle of fish altogether. So we're going to be talking about all of that. Just before I get on to bringing uh, my guests on uh, today um, for this, I just want to remind everyone uh, regarding uh, the fantastic uh, offer that we have got uh, currently running from uh, NordVPN. Um, if you've got a fire stick or, you know, you like using your uh, your content or you're going for a bit of winter sun, you're going to need a VPN. And the uh, the Nord deal that we've got is fantastic through Always Wolves. Um, the link's in the description below. And it's a massive saving. You click on that. The standard package works out only at £2.30 a month. And it literally works on as many devices as you've got in your family. So multiple devices, iPhones, iPads, computers, TVs, whatever. You can just add it on. Uh, and it's a massive saving. As you can see, it's normally £187 for two years. It's £64.53, payable at £2.30 a month. And... On top of the 24 months, you get an extra uh, four months free and you've got a 30-day free trial as well. So make sure you click the link below for your NordVPN. It's, I use it myself on all the devices. It's absolutely brilliant. Very, very reliable. Uh, right, let's bring on our guest tonight. I mentioned him in the, uh, the build-up. He <coughs> is the voice of reason, Jack himself. Jack, you're not someone that gets angry. Generally, you're quite no. mild-mannered, uh, should I say. You saw me after the game, shaking your head. We've messaged since, and you're quite angry. I am, yeah. yeah. You're angry, and we're going we're gonna to get stuck into this. Um, we've also got, travelling down there yesterday, I, I met him in, saw him in the gang, give you a bit of a, a big up before the start of the match, mate, with you boys. How you doing, Manny? I'm okay, mate. How are you both? I'm good. Uh, how, did, how was the travel back, boys? Um, wet. <laughs> wet. Wet there. Wet back. Um, and um, uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah. It's something you just soaking. want to put behind you. Absolutely soaking. Absolutely soaking. And back again this week, we have uh, Lewis. How you doing, mate? Hi, Dave. How you doing? All good? Yeah, well, good. Yeah, good. We're alive. We're kicking. You know, football is just a game, but it, it's um, it's a game which we love. We love our team. You know, we love, you know, the away days. We love going to support the team. And it seems a real shame. Yet again, the talking point from the game is another penalty decision that's gone against Wolves not only gone against Wolves, but VAR, it seems, have let us down once again. Um, Jack, let's get into this with you first. Uh, we've got over 200 <coughs> watching already live on the chat. Welcome, guys. If you're brand new, don't forget, if you subscribe to the channel, you can join in the chat uh, and ask questions. Jack, let's not mince around the bush. Let's get stuck straight into your point. Uh, you were showing us before the game, you've made some notes. Um, do you want to show the folks that are watching it on YouTube? And if you if you, if you listen to it, the podcast, I'll describe this. is a notebook. The Jack's two pages of notes just on VAR. 
two pages of notes you've made. Ridiculous. Uh, well, Jack, let's you get stuck in on that. What do you want to say? Uh, I want to start by talking about Howard Webb. Um, yeah. Because he was appointed uh, head of PGMOL last August, took over last December. So give or take, he's been in the job a year. Okay, so I think it's, it's about time that we did a proper assessment of what he's done in the 12 months he's been in charge. He's enjoyed some corporate hospitality at Old Trafford, which was convenient to go and apologise to Gary O'Neill on the first game of the season. He's been schmoozing up to Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher on Sky Sports every opportunity. And he's created his own television show with edited and selected highlight clips from VAR. Has he improved the standard of referees and VAR? No, he hasn't. Has he made VAR a better experience for supporters in the stadium and watching at home? No, he hasn't. Has he increased accountability for referees? No, he hasn't. So why are people not calling for him to go? He, Manny, should, be, he should be resigning. Manny, what's it's your take? absolute shambles. Manny, let's go to your take on that, what Jack said. Are you there? I'm not sure. Manny, can you hear us? Carry on. Sorry. I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, I was just saying, what, what's your take on what Jack had just had to say about the VAR and Howard Webb and his year in charge? Howard Webb was brought in to improve VAR. He's made it worse, considerably worse. Confusion, communication. I work, on, I work for the railways, so our communication has to be tip-top. We have to communicate the same way every time. If we don't, we get marked down and we even have to, um, get taken off the job we're doing, right? Obviously, that's not life and death, but actually, you know, that's how it affects people because football is so big and there's so much money involved and clubs literally live on the bread line and fans give everything they give everything don't they they basically empty their wallets to go and follow football now and they have to wait till their next payday and he was brought in to improve it and what he's done is he has given clear instructions to find a way find a way to back the man in the middle rather than just objectively forget about the referee i am watching this incident is it right or is it wrong it's wrong who cares who's on the pitch? They have been told, they have been instructed by Howard Webb to find a reason to back the man in the middle. It's absolutely horrific. He's done an unbelievably bad job. We've seen the, the standard of communication in the Liverpool Spurs match. We saw that, didn't we? That, yeah. <laughs> honestly, that if that's the level of communication, they all need disbanding straight away. And yeah, it's just a piece of equipment. The equipment doesn't work itself. But because we've got complete and utter amateurs and novices in communicating and analysing and coming up with a decision, working that equipment, that's why it needs to be binned. It has to be binned. How can you have, how can I open a shop if I haven't got people who can run a shop? I'll just not make anything. I'll just have to close it until I can employ the right people to run itself. So VAR is a system that, oh, on rugby, cricket, everywhere else, it works really fine because they stick to their protocol. You see a cricket decision. Once you've seen one decision, you've seen them all because they say the same things. It's protocol, protocol, protocol. It doesn't matter who the umpire is. It doesn't matter who the 
what the incident is their protocol is exactly the same and they have no they don't have any link with the person on the pitch they don't care about the referee on the pitch they objectively look at it look at the facts and say no penalty penalty and that's it not oh let's find a way is there a brush there did his calf just slightly brushes um the back of his um shin, you know shin pad oh that's enough yeah back the man on the on, on the pitch because it's not clear and obvious clear and obvious needs to go because that doesn't mean a thing it has to be objectively was it a penalty or was it not you know like completely neutral i would have somebody's dad out the crowd in the var truck and i tell you straight away it improves var straight Lu away lewis your take um i mean we're starting off with it i mean it's 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 not something we want to get into the game and obviously, you know, and everything, but it, it's just becoming, as some people, it's becoming beyond a joke. It's like it's, with as a, as, as a fan, you, you try to cling to the hope that these things even themselves out. I mean, you, we've got four instances this year already, but you look back to last year, to the, uh, the number of decisions that went against Wolves, the... The penalty, the, the goal disallowed against Liverpool. The, the he took the the boot off against Forest in the penalty area wasn't given. The the the, the red card against Jimenez away at, at Newcastle, you know. The, I mean, the, there's so many more I could probably mention from last year. And you think, oh well, these things even themselves out over time. But then they they're not, are they? We've had eleven. I put a tweet out yesterday. Eleven games. Four penalties, six points. We should be on 18 points now. We'd be like sixth or seventh. And you, Gary O'Neill, he's obviously getting incredibly frustrated. You can see it. And the Wolves fans are getting frustrated. What is your take on, on, on this situation with Howard Webb and VAR and this ongoing thing? I hate to use the word corruption. We heard it sang yesterday. Even the Sheffield United fans sang it a little bit before they got their VAR call. I don't, you know, we can't say that. But like, you can understand why people start to think there's a there's some sort of target on the back of Wolves because yeah, Arsenal had a decision that went 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 against them yesterday. We know the ball was out. They had two or three opportunities. They're harping on about that. They were harping on about the uh, the Liverpool. Thing for, for like two weeks. Wolves, it's happening all the time. Lineker, yeah, uh, even saying it. What's, what's your take? The situations where Wolves have been, um, where VLR has, has condemned Wolves, you know, countless. You, you sit here all night constantly thinking about situations where we've had, we've had penalties given against us or we haven't had penalties given for us has been Red card, you know, you, you could literally sit here all night and break down every single incident and, and analyze how they got it wrong. Um, and I'm going to just start off with something that Lucas asked me to say on the podcast. And he said, again, it was a point I made last week about um, how easy it is uh, for for the pundits and the people at the top of the game to forget about the the situation that Wolves find themselves in almost every week because. It just it's forgotten and nobody seems to care. But when it was Liverpool, um, when they had the Tottenham game, and similar to the Arsenal Newcastle game last night, everyone seems to care more with it with a big club. But with its walls, even though it's far more frequent, uh, harming us and, and putting us in a, a negative uh, disadvantage, 
it's just kind of brushed under the carpet. And I think even last last night, if you saw match of the day, um, you know they showed a replica of the incident as last week against Newcastle, and it was just a point for you know a minute or so. And if that was for Liverpool, two two weeks in a row, something big happened like that, two major errors that were very similar scenarios. They would really be on it the whole, you know, maybe a five-minute or six-minute segment of the show where maybe they would speak to a, a referee, an expert, for example, someone like Howard Webb. They, they'd get him in and interview him. But with Wolves, they, they don't seem to care. It, it is they don't have a they don't care. I think that it's it's a shame that we are in this situation. Um, and I spoke to my neighbour earlier as well, um, and, and he said that he feels that. We, when Gary is speaking out against uh, the referees, it's encouraging more bad bad decisions for us because, you know, there is um, a referees union in the league. You know, it, it's unofficial, of course, but the referees will stick together and defend each other. Uh, as, you know, Manny and Jack have said about Howard Webb, he's helping, he's, he's told the referees, instructed them to to the VAR to, to help the man in the middle of the pitch. Make sure that you stand by his decision as best as you can. You know, if it's a blatant error, then you have to obviously give it. But clearly, they're not. The, the two penalties in the past two weeks that have been given against Wolves, it's pretty unanimous that you know. That of course, there's a few outliers who are saying it was a penalty and, and things like that. But it's a it's an obvious error, and there was there's been no overturn. And I think it's it's getting to the point now where it's seriously harming the quality of the game consistently. I think. You know, you can have a, an error and, and that can happen. It would happen before VAR where a referee would clearly get the, the wrong decision and it would it would harm the game. You know, people would talk more about that decision than the game itself. But with VAR, it's, it's every week. People are no longer talking about the quality of football that's being played or, you know, the, the tactics that managers are using. It, it's constantly, like we've started this show tonight, talking about the situation with VAR that should just be seamless, it should be perfect. Like Manny says, for example, with cricket, it's done, you, you, there's, no, there's never a debate about a decision. It's the right decision and it's given. And and, and it's um, it's a shame that we're constantly about, in this discussion. transparency with rugby as well. You watch Rugby World Cup and how clear it is. Everyone knows what's going on and stuff like that. And it, there seems to be this secret society. I know it comes out and there's some of the audio that's playing. Um, mm. And you don't want to harp on about it because at the end of the day, you want to enjoy the game. You want to think, but it, when it happens all the time, and people think, why are you getting it? Because it's 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 beyond the joke now, and it's to the point where <laughs> is this? Can it just be a coincidence that it's happening? 11, 11 games. That's over a third of the games that we've played this year. We've had an incident, a penalty incident that's been given by the ref. And the referee hasn't even been asked to take a second look at it, at the, at the monitor. What's the point? I know that Howard Webb came out and he says he wants the referees to referee the game. He doesn't want VAR. Get rid of VAR then. You know, if that had to Howard Webb wants, just get rid of VAR. You know, those um, Satnam said yesterday, you know, those monitors, send them back. You get your money back because they've never been used. No. You get your full money, full money back. They're brand new. I'll buy it. It's brand new. I'll have it from my room. They're never used. You know, so a contentious decision that's contentious, they don't even say to the referee anymore, ref, we think we we, we can't really see um, why we should overturn it, but it looks a little bit dubious to us. Can you have a go and have a look at it? Because I think you need to have a look at it in a couple of times. You've only had one chance. 
the ref, in a way, actually, the Huang and um, uh, uh, Silver incidents, I feel sorry for the ref because he only gets I agree, real time. Totally, yeah. Real time. And he's, he's got to think, he's got to think, well, I've got somebody, you know, up there that's going to analyse it and make the correct decision. And when they tell him penalty, then he's going to be confident. Okay, yeah, it must be a penalty because somebody has now checked it a million times. And that's where, you know, when Gary O'Neill said he actually watched it with the referee and they watched the side, side to side and the referee then was adamant, even after watching it, that it's still a penalty. It's because VAR put it in his head and told him, we've checked it, it is a penalty. And it's backing each other because we're all mates and we're all a club together. I saw them all, we, we arrived early um, at, at six, uh, uh, sorry, uh, um, just after 12 o'clock. We got there really early and we went outside their main stand and a, a Mercedes, blacked out Mercedes van pulled up and all the officials piled out. And it was all the officials who were match. And I, I just laughed at my boys. I said, let's go and grab a selfie because this could be these could be the next ones to do us over, you know. And um, uh, I should have because they were at the end of the day. These were the, the officials. But like I said, I don't blame the, the referee. He doesn't get a chance anymore. When's the last time we saw a referee run over to the screen and actually have a look and think, oh, hang on. You know, it's literally... And these are like contentious. This is like how it's not even like close, is it? It's it's everyone. I am yet to see. Have you seen one pundit? One pundit. Name me one pundit who's said penalty. I haven't heard well, one. Well, no, I, mean, I watched the Premier penalty. League, um, and I re, I, I re reshared that on Always Wolves in the studio where they said straight away, "Oh yeah, penalty, penalty," and then they're like, "Oh." Actually, yeah, they watched it. and they watched it back. Yeah, That's that not a penalty. The guy's already he's, the guy's looking for the penalty. He's going down. Fabio Silva from from uh, from from the opposite side of the stadium from where we're watching. You see the see the guy go down. You see Fabio. I mean, he's he let the ball drop. He's not a defender. You, one of the old rules and things: don't let the ball drop in the box. Head it out if you can. He's let it drop, and then it's a scramble, and he's he's he's, he's gone to kick it. And then, but when you watch it back. He has pulled out like Wang did last week because of trying to give the penalty. And from, from our end, we're the opposite side. You think, oh, Fabio, what you doing, yeah, type of thing. Yeah. But when you watch it back, you know, the guy, the lad's he's distraught. Nothing wrong. Yeah, the lad's distraught. And we need to come on to this at the end. You know, I mean, he's gone on in the, we'll come on to Fabio Silver in a minute, but he is distraught. And like some of the fans, you know, giving him a bit of stick. I mean, instantly you think it's Fabio's fault, but like, you know, he's, he's a defender like Wang in the box. He's not a defender. Jack, just want to come in back, come in on to those comments we back, because I think you've got another point that you'd like to make in regards to this, because I think you said some people that you're going with, I think you said that, that they feel like not going to games anymore because of this. Yeah, no, I, and I think, you know, Manny and, and Lewis will say the same, you know, fans that go to the game and, and you know, it's not one of those super fan things, but we do put a lot of time and effort into supporting the team home and away. And it just feels like, what's the point? Because, you know, you, you put in all this time and effort and, and, you know, these people are just, they're spoiling the game. That, that's what they're doing. There's no sort of, there's no reason for the referee on the pitch to give that penalty. Like Gary O'Neill said, he, he's trying to make it about him. I, I, I think I've watched this Rob Jones. We've had him three times this season already. I think he's an arrogant prat. I think he's a he terrible, is. abysmal yeah. referee. He should be yeah. nowhere near the Premier League. But 
VAR should be looking at that and saying, hang on a minute, I know what you think you've seen, but it's not that. This is what actually happened. Go and have a look at the screen and you'll probably want to change your decision and you'll get the right decision. And that's what we need. People are putting, you know, lots of time and effort to support the team. And it's just like, well, why should we do that when these guys aren't putting the same effort into their performance? You know, and you can see the players as well. The players have been on Instagram today. You know, enough's enough. We're really frustrated. I mean, he talked about me being mild-mannered. I mean, Max Kilman's come out and said he's had enough of it. You know, he's so laid back. This is Jamie. Jamie, This is Jamie Wooten, who's basically... Um, I feel sorry for Wolves, lads, but have a, as a Blaze lad, there's no way we get one away with it. But that was never a penalty from a Sheffield United fan. He's a Sheffield United fan. And, you know, I know how much that win meant to, to, their, to their fans and the players and... You know, we, we've got to talk about Sheffield and how they fought uh, for it. And we can't take away from the whole performance on that one incident. But, like, that's a Sheffield United Blades fan that's saying it's not a penalty. We need to come on to the other um, the other thing in regards to this. Um, I haven't been... I've, I've been doing a lot of editing. I've seen... Saw you put a post out yesterday, Manny. Um, yeah. You know, some people have been really laying in onto Fabio Silva. Yeah on socials, sending yeah. a lot of hate. Now, the one thing that, you you know, you can have, an, as, as a fan, we all get frustrated. We all get frustrated with things. We all have our players that we think are great, the players that are not, the ones that we don't think are putting the shift in and all of that sort of jazz that goes with it. Fabio Silva, we've talked about it before, coming on this 35 million. He's been on a multiple loans. He's, you know, is it 21 now where is it an age where... You know, the Wolves fans have been behind him at the start of the season, showing him some love. He's not been getting into the team. He's been behind uh, Sasha, Kuna, even Nathan Fraser a bit. He comes on yesterday. Um, within 10 seconds, he's picked up a yellow card, um, you know, for going in. And, you know, he's, he's, he's run around. He's trying really... I think he's trying too hard in some ways. And then he's given away the penalty, which is harsh on him looking back on it. You know, but he's been giving money, you know, whether you think he's, he's right for Wolves or he's not right for Wolves or whatever, some of the abuse that he's got, money. I know you want to talk about this. It's this, plainly unacceptable. This isn't about football. This isn't about Fabio Silva. This is about some people in life think it's okay to abuse. We had, you know, I did some Osa Saturday last week. In the week, I got... <laughs> I got some horrendous abuse, right? I did for raising money for a charity, right? But I'm 50 years old. I can put it to one side. It was horrendous, you know, and it questions you and you think, well, why do we even bother? You know, in the, in midweek, we got all got taught a bit of a lesson. We had, a, you know, 2000 fans were let in for the Manchester United games, very privileged after um, the lockdown. And the fan decides to go and give Rio Ferdinand racist abuse. And he's been jailed for two years. He's been Absolutely. sent down, right? Now, here we are. We've got a player. didn't really have an impact on the game. He only had a few minutes at the end. If we were struggling in that game, we were struggling before he came on. We were playing awful in that second half before he came yeah. on. So where's your abuse for him, uh, every other player that was on the pitch? We've just seen the penalty. He didn't do anything wrong. And yet, people take to social media to search his name out, to find out where he is. 
and send him messages and then call him every night. Look, I'll, I'll say my piece. I think he probably needs to go to Holland or Belgium or play in a league like that and develop himself and, and come again and, and, and make it in football at a higher level in the future. And the Premier League is, you know, he was put a £35 million tag around him by the club. He was called Star. Manny, your internet's uh, playing up a little bit. I'll just let me come back in a second. Kevin uh, Jackson here. Dave, please stop sticking up for this kid, Silver. He's just not up to it. Never mind the penalties. I've had nothing since he's been here. And we would be knocking the decision if we had got it. Kevin, this is nothing to do with... Nothing to do with Fabio Silva's ability. This is to do with people find it absolutely acceptable to abuse people. And it's not on. It is not on in any way, shape. Criticise him. Talk about his football skills. Tell us that you don't think he's probably good enough at this level. Tell us that he probably needs to go out the team and we need to bring in a different centre forward. Debate and discuss your pros and cons about any player. Don't abuse people. In 30 years' time, most of you, you'll be dead. You'll be gone from this earth. Most of you, 30, 40 years. So all you got left? Is that what you're going to be remembered for, for abusing people? You know, just <laughs> use this. You've been given this, just use it. Debate, have the banter, have your pub talk afterwards. To tell us about the players you like and the players you don't like. But don't use abuse. It's horrific. You know, people get affected and money. And, and so I had somebody say, well, it'll be okay. He gets 80 grand a week. It's nothing to do. Mental health and suffering and, and people abusing someone. You can pay them whatever you like. It affects people. He's 21, you know. Yeah, he's probably not good enough for the Premier League. He probably needs a move. Yes, debate that. Don't abuse them, you know. And so that that was my point. I was absolutely fuming when I saw some of the stuff yesterday. After especially what I'd had in the week, and then when I saw that fan getting banned as well, and thinking, "What are these people doing? What are you doing with your lives?" You know. And then still, people after that game, when he's only had ten minutes, he hasn't had even he he's only been on the pitch a few seconds. We were struggling before he came on. So why don't you ever go? Kilman or Samedo or somebody else? Why didn't you have somebody, you know, oh, you didn't play well enough or you didn't cross? We did it with Huang last year. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know. This is the, this is the point I was going to say. And, and I do want to say, I said after the game regarding Silver, is it just not going to work out for him at Wolves? It just doesn't seem like it's going to work out for him. You know, he's had a lot of time, you know, and maybe he'll go in January or he'll go on another loan and stuff like that. He came on. I think he's, he was trying he was trying his best too hard. He's made a mistake, you know. Which actually, when you look at look at it back, it wasn't a mistake. He was trying to pull out the tackle, and a penalty was given against him. He was distraught at the end. You know, he's a young lad; he's twenty-one. And whether or not 
he is right for the Premier League or not. And we all have opinions on that. And I'm at the point now with Fabio, I'm starting to think maybe it's just not meant to be. And I talked about this on my match reaction. I talked about it with Paul, um, who is a sports psychologist, you know, watch the match reaction. I'm not sticking up and defending Fabio's performances or anything like that. As Manny said, he came on for 10 minutes at the end of the game and he tried his best. And he's and Gary O'Neill obviously doesn't have the confidence in him because he's not started him. So and he's the manager and he's the coach. He sees him every day in training. He's down the pecking order. But you can't, and I'm not saying any of you guys here on the chat are any of these people that are doing. There are certain people that have gone in on players. Wang had it last year. Um you know, at Newcastle, his confidence was low. Look at him this year. He's knocked in six goals and been scoring for fun. Fabio's had it before. A lot of the fans have given him a lot of love since he's come back. But there are people this weekend on social media. Manny's had it. I've had it in the past. Abuse. It's not It's not on for anything like this. A young lad. And that's what we're saying is not right. Have your opinion on Fabio Silva. Tell us he's not good enough. That's fine. But when it comes to abusing someone... Uh, you know, in you know, in that sort of vindictive vibe. There was somebody on, there was some, there was, there was, on his on his Instagram on his Instagram. There was somebody says, "I hope you broke your legs. I hope you die tomorrow. You're this. You're that. I hope you never play for us. Get out of our club." You know, and that was his personal Instagram. And yeah, some of them might be bots, but the thing is, you know, when these people abuse, they create fake profiles and fake names. They're not going to have their name plastered all over that when they want to have a go at somebody so these this isn't like this isn't i mean if if you want i will say here i think fabio silva needs to do what he did last year find a club in belgium or holland build his confidence and have a great again man, your internet um Sorry. yeah now lewis can i hear your take on this as well with regards to fabio silva because like me and manny talked a little about this now but you're a young lad how old are you fella yeah lewis. dave um obviously you said he was um you said he was 20. I'm, 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 you said he was 21. I'm 20. So it is, it's terrible to see um, the, the abuse that Fabio is getting. Um, I think everyone is agreeing that it's fair to, you know, th these people, they're in the public eye, they, they work, you know, so they work as, as players for the club, but ultimately the, the fans are the club. So, so the, the fact it's fair, fair enough for a fan to have an opinion. Um, but, to, to you know personally message Fabio on his accounts or um, you know post on his page you know just abuse like Manny was mentioning it, it's not acceptable um, and you know a lot of people do make make the point about you know he's paid so much money and this and this and that about the kind of his, his personal life um, but it doesn't matter you know he, he's still waking up every day going on his phone and, and looking through these messages. And it's going to hurt. He's been, you know, he's, as a young kid, he came across uh, from Portugal to Wolves. I mean, here's a good example from Manny to see the kind of stuff that he's reading. Um, it, it's going to hurt. It, it, it makes him upset. I think it's it's obvious that you saw him crying, obviously, maybe because of the decision. And you can see that he wants it to work out. He, he, I don't think anyone can really question um his his commitment to the club. He's never come out and said, you know, someone like Noons when he said, I'm not playing, I'm not training. He's, he's someone who is committed, I think. But I, I think it is just time maybe now, as you said, Dave, that it, it just won't work out for him in the Premier League. I, I think about the example of a, a good friend of mine, um, 
Rafa Mir, who used to play in England and in Wolves and at Nottingham Forest. And he said that when he came as a young guy, he was about 19, 20, the league is just too tough for some people in the Premier League. And in Spain, Portugal, you know, Manners mentioned the Netherlands, uh, Belgium, the type of football is completely different. And, you know, as you said, you mentioned Paul as well. He'll tell you about the, the kind of the environmental factors that affect you know, your health, your mental health, the culture, the weather, the food. It's all these small things outside of the football that also don't suit some players. Um, and that, that was the same reason that Rafa said he can't play in England. It, these All these things just add up and it leads to the point where everything is just awful for the player, you know, in their head that they're not happy anymore and it's just awful the kind of stuff that the fans who are meant to be fans of Wolves add to that situation and you know it's just it's disgusting there uh, thanks mate jack obviously you'll leave your thoughts on it but let's get on we also need to move off this and get on to the game um itself i mean at the end of the day it was awful weather it was torrential rain we all got soaked we were there <laughs> supporting the team first half mate you know, we were total, totally dominant. I felt like Sheffield United were sitting back off us. They didn't press us. We had a lot of time. We had two or three good opportunities where we were trying, almost trying to pass the ball in the net again. Um, you know, we didn't score. Second half, Sheffield United seemed to change their game plan. They pressed us right from the start of the second half. We started making mistakes. The uh, the pitch obviously got wetter and wetter. The The, the passing started to go astray. We had a few warning shots early doors in the start of that second half. Okay, they got lucky in respect with the ricochet that led to the guy getting clear, but it was still a fantastic strike. Um, Saar gets his hand to it, slightly out of position, hits the underside of the bar, goes in, goal. Um, the Blades fans go massive. The volume goes up about three levels because they had been a little bit subdued up until that point. Um Gary O'Neill, you know, interesting. He brings Boubacar Traore on for Tommy Doyle. He's, I mean, I like Boubacar. He's an enthusiastic guy, but it's so many times he seems to have bought him on in matches. Crystal Palace away, another one. Um, and then two minutes later, we're a goal down. <laughs> I don't know whether he's just unlucky because the deflection was was unlucky, but, you know, it was a great strike. And nine times out of ten, it goes nowhere near the goal, but it goes in. Um, we, we grind our way back in. Uh, Bellegarde comes on. Um, he turns, he shoots. If you shoot at goal, you might get a lucky deflection and it goes in. I think it might have gone in anyway. But we score, 89th minute. We should be the team at that point that's pushing for the win. But we didn't seem to react again. And Sheffield United came for I want to come back to the to the incident that led up to the goal. Ait Nuri takes a foul throw when we've got it. Um it, you know, it, it, it gives the ball back to Sheffield United. They get off the the the, uh, the pitch. They get a debatable corner. From the corner, we don't clear it. It bounces around. The penalty gets given. It's like I think the ref was looking to give it as well. And then we, we're back to the VAR and they score the goal. Even the penalty, it's the underside of the bar and goes in. When it's not your day, it's not your day, Jack. But the second half performance. As good as we were in the first half and in control, Sheffield United had the better of the second half, didn't they? And they deserved at least a point. And in the end, they got they got the, the win. We shouldn't have been in that position that that VAR that VAR at the end the penalty cost us three 
uh, all three points, should we? Not really, no. I mean, I think you're probably spot on with what you've said. I thought we were a better team first half, but not scoring killed us. You know, we had three great chances to score, eight Nuri. I don't know what he was doing. It was almost like he was he, he was thought he'd scored already and he was sort of sliding to, to and he, he should have just buried it. Samedo's got to shoot, hasn't he, rather than trying to square it. And there was one, I think it was Kuna, wasn't it? He went sort of through and sort of hit it straight at the goalkeeper. And it was a good save, to be fair, pushing it over. But he's got both corners to aim at, hasn't he? So he's probably got to, got to finish that one. But yeah, not scoring the first half killed us. Because, he, you know, and I said last week, Sheffield United aren't very good. And I still stand by that. They're, they're not very good. But, you know, they'd have been delighted. It was nil-nil at half-time. Absolutely delighted. You know, and, and they just probably said, you know what, Wolves... They're having one of those days where they're not scoring and they're playing nice football, but they're not finishing. If we get at them, we get into them, get in their faces, press them. Let's see how much they fancy it. And we just sort of fell, fell away second half really, really easily. We lost our shape and structure in midfield. Uh, the defence, you know, we've been quite been quite solid recently with the back three. We've, we've stood quite a lot of pressure in, in, in games. Yesterday, we looked really ropey. You know, Totti wasn't helped by eight Nuri sort of going missing at times, but he looked quite sort of weren't quite sure where to play. Dawson wasn't at his best. So yes, yeah, second half was really, really poor from our point of view. And like you say, I think we we shouldn't have been in that position where the referee can decide the game, but but we were. Once you get back to one one and eighty nine minutes, you shouldn't lose the game from there, really. You know, if we're being brutally honest, you should have the momentum, you should be the ones with the belief to, to I mean, don't forget they hadn't won all season, had they in the league. So, you know, to be one one they probably would have taken a point at that point, you know, and then they get the, the opportunity to go and win it, and, and, and they did. But it was it was a very strange performance. We've kind of had that a couple of times this season, haven't we, where we've, we've played really well first half, and you think this is a great platform to go on and kick on in the second half, and it hasn't happened. And sometimes it's down to the opposition changing their tactics and, and improving and, and one or two sort of substitutions, maybe. But I think yesterday, as well as Sheffield United did, I think it was our sort of lack of discipline and lack of, you know, Sort of tactical nose really that really cost us in the second half. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, mate. I mean, man, we've talked about the VAR. We've talked about obviously the the, the situation regarding Fabio, but we have got to look at the game as yep. itself. You know, uh, I mean, oh, saw yeah. you before the match, mate. You know, it's yeah. great to see you. You travelled, travelled, travelled down there. The Wolves fans travelled down there, stood in the rain for have been ninety minutes, giving our best. Um, we, first we, off, yeah. what's yeah. your take? We don't score threes and fours. We don't. We know that. We haven't done that for a long, long time. So we're not a, a side that's going to score a glut full of goals. So we can't afford to miss chances. We're not going to get that many. We've got to take our chances and get that one or two goals and with their confidence. When I looked at their results, take away the 5 0 and the 8 0, which was against the. Yeah, they only lost 2 1 at Spurs. They'd only lost to a late goal against City. They only lost 2-1 against Man United, you know. So, th they were probably due a draw or a win, you know, where they've played and they've come into the match, but they needed a helping hand. And the helping hand we gave them was by not taking control in that first half. And they came out second half, probably thought, we're nil-nil. This could be the day, lads. And they came out flying, but they didn't cause huge problems. All their shots they had were just like long-range efforts, which were like clear of the bar and we should have still taken a bit of control and we never did we never got our foot on the ball we never passed it we never got our fallbacks up we got sort of penned in now when we do get back after you know their goal a little bit fortuitous you know it sort of 
had a bit of a ricochet that fell nicely for him. But it was a, it was a great strike. I mean, he, he hit it really well. To be fair, oh, he did, yeah. It yeah, caught so, so, off guard. But, I when, think. We, but when we come back and we've scored, you know, we ma- actually managed the game. I think okay. We remember we had the throw. We had an attacking throw in, and Gary O'Neill mentioned it. So our inability to take a throw in led to them then having possession and it turned around for it to come back into our half. Um, I it was I think it was just going to get go to a 1-1 and we would have probably sat here and thought, not a very good second half, it's six games unbeaten, we'll take it. It's another side down the bottom, that's four sides down the bottom that we've played all the way from home and we haven't lost against any and of them. T- and we, we wouldn't take eight points. We've won two, well. we've drawn two, we've got eight points from those four games from the sides at the bottom, we'll take that away from home. So we could have managed that and still got a point. So, you know, but let's be honest, the goal shouldn't have happened because it wasn't a, a goal. Um, their penalty in the end, I think we could have had five goalkeepers in there. No one's going to save that penalty the way it, smash the underside of the bar so um yeah it was disappointing it was um uh, uh, we can't expect to go to teams and just think Sheffield United bottom of the league we're just gonna you know we've got if we get chances we need to score and Huang and Cunha and you know Smedo, Aitnuri, Sasha all just needed to be a little bit more than what they did they all needed to do more than what they did to get that goal in that first half, you know, and none of them here today are getting criticised, are they? So this is where I'm coming, you know, what we talked about earlier. Um, it's something that we've got to brush away. It's it's Wolves, isn't it? Huddersfield, a couple of seasons ago, you know, one, two, well, three games. And we, I mean, we, we talked about this, Huddersfield, like you say, a couple yeah. of seasons ago, they won three games all season and two were against us. It's just typical Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Typical I mean, Wolves. we met some Sheffield United fans before the game, they were all laughing and they, they were they were just thinking, you know, we've got one point out of ten games. This is like, it's a farce. Just send us back down to the championship now. Like, you know, they just couldn't see where they were going to buy a win from. So, I mean, it's huge for them. And let's be honest, even the worst teams in the world are going to win one day. It just happens to bloody be against us, you know. But um, uh, uh, the fullbacks, you know, eight Nuri, as much as sometimes he looks good going forward and he gives it defensively man honestly he just switches off he is i mean even uh, the players and the manager sort of laugh because they know what he's like he's a bit laid back they know he's got the skill and he's got the talent but they know he's got this really laid back easy low p attitude and it causes him problems honestly it really does sometimes when he when he gets attacked and um yeah, um, you know, the other thing I have to mention, one fan who's probably on here came up to me and I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this. When the teams come out to warm up before the game, Wolves don't warm up with 10 outfield players. They always warm up with 11 outfield players. The the other subs warm up together, but they always have 11, not 10. That's right. Their, yes, every, every warm up this season. Next game, watch it. When they, they come out, there'll be 11 outfield players warming up and it will be the first substitute every time. So it was Bubakar Traore yesterday. Uh-huh. So, so uh-huh. he's already got the first substitute in his head and he gets them to warm up with the with the um, 10 players that are starting. So watch out for that against Spurs and you'll know who the first sub is going to be. 
probably. That's what I will do, mate. And like, obviously, um, I know that you always get there early with the boys to to, to watch the warmers. Lewis, um, your take on the game, uh, any points you'd like to raise from your observations? And then we need to, before we get to the uh, to the quiz, uh, we need your man of the match, your um, highlight or moment of the day and your performance rating. Yeah, so I think, you know, everyone's kind of spoke about how it was, it was a strong start. We, we really looked like we were putting them under the pressure, you know, in the first half early on. Um, we had a few big chances that Jack spoke about, you know, the, the Cunha say, the one where he saved it with his hands above his head over the bar. and um, Obviously, the chance for Aitnuri that just fell, maybe it should have set, fell to Sasser just behind him if, if he just wasn't in that position and... We really looked like we were going to score. Um, you know, we had enough chances to score. We probably should have been with those two chances, 2-0 off. Um, but I, I think this is this is the type of game where Sheffield will be looking at before the match to stay in the game as long as they can and to say, look, if we can get to 75, 80 minutes, um, you know, maybe nil-nil before, before the game, then, then we can really get going because our, our fans will start to believe that we will pick up a point or we will win the game. You know, after only picking up one point in, in 10, it, they just have that belief. Whereas if we took those early chances, that belief's kind of gone and it can become a game where it's, you know, quite comfortable, two or three now, you know, as, as many of us predicted last week uh, on the show. But it didn't happen like that. We didn't take those early chances. And against a side like Sheffield, who you are, who have struggled a lot, the fans will start to believe and that builds, you know, confidence that translates to the pitch and the players start to think, well, maybe we will pick up a point today and we could nick a win. Um, and I think ultimately that those early chances, they really, they, they cost us a lot. Um, I think it was interesting as well. I mean, we spoke about the, the kind of dilemma that Gary had last week as well with team selection, obviously with Neto missing how we would decide to go. And I think on reflection, it possibly a midfield three suited the game a little bit better. I mean, one thing I noticed was that Sasa was dropping continuously into the midfield to kind of play the out ball to it, to the wingers, um, which we saw Raul do a lot under Bruno, especially. Um, then that would often mean that the wingers who could often beat their men, there'd be no one in the middle to receive the ball to have an effort on goal. And I think Samedo had a couple of times, especially and Aynuri on the left, you know, they were both running down, but there was just nobody there to kind of get on the end of the chances that they could have created because Sasa had dropped so deep to play that ball. So it's possible maybe on reflection, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, a midfield three would have suited the game a bit more yesterday, especially with the physicality that they had in the midfield. They started with a three in there, but uh, when Brewster came off at half-time, I think they went to um, the, the two with the three up, up, the, up the top with McAtee going wider. Um, so I think it's just these small things, you know, that just have not having Sasser in the box to, you know, to get on the end of things. Um, and I, I think it is just the, the second half as soon as they come out, like I said, you know, they have that belief that they can, you know, take something from the game. Um, and ultimately, the result, you know, it's, it's a shame that, again, VL was what decided the result with the penalty so late on. Um, but yeah, I think. Had we taken those earlier chances, it, it would have been a lot more of a, a comfortable game and we'd be looking forward to the Tottenham game with a bit of confidence. And uh, Yeah, we also have to take into account, I think had Neto been on the pitch as well, he would have caused all sorts of chaos and we probably would have been in leading at half-time, but he wasn't and he's going to be out for a while. So, Lewis, um, what's, your, um, who's your, what's your performance rating for that uh, game overall? 
Yeah, I think um, this week I'm going to go six because, you know, if we took those chances, it would boost it a lot because, you know, the football is about scoring goals and stopping the other team, um, scoring as many as you. And, you know, we didn't do that. We only managed to score one. And really, at halftime, we should have had probably two or three. So, you know, it can't be anything above a six for me personally because we didn't uh, we didn't achieve the ultimate goal of football. Um, I, I thought there were good performances. Like I said, Sasser's hold-up play was, was impressive, but I just think we needed him then to be on the end of the chances he had helped create. Um, so th- there were good, good uh, parts to take away. Um, I liked, uh, I think it was Manny's point about Totti, you know, struggling because the 4-4-2 for us when we've had the ball has been so effective without Nuri pushing on high. Um, but then it did leave Totti exposed a little bit, you know, especially yesterday um, with, with the, their countering attack. Um, so I think, yeah, seven is, uh, sorry, a six is, is my rating for yesterday. Any man of the match? Um, I think man of the match for me would probably be, I'll probably, I'll give it Sasso again, because, you know, as much as I said he should have been in the box, his hold up play was really good. He impressed me a lot, especially in the first half. He, he, he was lively and, you know, I think Gary spoke about his fitness, um, you know, in the, in the, a few weeks ago, not being quite where he wanted it to be. And I think obviously coming off earlier is a sign that he's still not there. But I think he's he's getting there, and I think he will be a, a, a key player for us if if he can find the, the right system that suits him. And your highlight or moment of the day before we move on to Jack? Um, I would say the I don't know, Dave. The I really liked um, Semedo's run when he had Cunha on that right hand side, um, and I think that was the the run that set up that chance for Eight Nori. And it just bounced off his shin. Uh, Wang could cut inside to have the shots. He almost tried to do the same as what he did the week before against Newcastle, yeah. cut inside, and but the, it deflected out to eight Norrie, didn't it? And then he team and went wide. Yeah, but I think that that kind of the play beforehand was really promising. You know, we were linking up, especially on kind of our right hand side. It was really promising in that first half, and then it, it just kind of fell away in the second half a bit. So I'd say, um, even though that chance obviously eventually came to nothing. The play before that was was impressive to me. I, I liked what I was seeing in terms of the play. Absolutely, mate. Well said. Jack, over to you then. Um, any final points on the game you want to make? And then obviously into the uh, the three questions. Yeah, I think we've I think we've probably covered it all, haven't we, really? Um so yeah, a performance rating six. I'd probably go eight for the first half, four for the second. So that averages out to a six, doesn't it? Um nice and round number. Man of the match, I'm gonna go Lamina. A bit like a broken record, but I thought he was excellent again in terms of breaking up play and sort of anticipating where the danger was going to be and getting himself in between sort of the ball and, the, and the, their player to sort of stop any potential attacks. I thought he was probably our most effective player in terms of performing his role throughout the game. Really, like like Louis said, Sasha was great first half, but but faded, and Semedo had a decent first half, but faded. But I think Lamina kind of was quite consistent all game. Um, moment of the day, I'm probably going to. Again, cliche, I'm going to go Belgar getting his first goal. I just think he's a bit of an X-factor player for us again. And I think him getting on the score sheet will just give him a bit of a lift. And, and he's perhaps someone that will be pushing to get into that team now and, and perhaps starting against Tottenham. You know, he, he could play in a midfield three or he could play further forward in a, in a front three. So I think him getting a goal is, is going to be great for his confidence. And, and yeah, it was deflected. But actually, the build-up to that goal was quite a nice play. And Wang's sort of layoff was really, really clever as well because you know we've talked about Wang's goal scoring but he's now creating chances for others as well which is 
again another positive so yeah i'll go with that as, as highlight i like it mate well well uh well put across actually that was a good point manny um yes. your thoughts um yeah it's just um you know, like i said disappointing uh, overall it has to be disappointment when you go to the bottom club that haven't won a game lost so many games in a row that we weren't able to take something um despite the var shocker um my performance i'll just go i mean i'll go five and a half just to be you know different to the others um i just think you know six and a seven means we've got a draw for me <laughs> if we've got a six or a seven out of ten so i'll go for five and a half it was, it was a lot yeah, lot for Gary O'Neill. I think he'll learn a little bit about you know the system, the four going into a five, back to a four. How he needs to maybe keep it and and change it in in different matches. Now we've played because I think he used it against the Man City, Villa, you know the Newcastle, those types of high profile matches. There's a different type of way you set up than when you have to set up against a Sheffield United where you've got to sort of take the play to them and, and carry on taking them and, and make them suffer for being bottom of the league. So I think he'll learn from that. Um, man of the match, I'm going to... Mm, you know what? I'm going to go for Captain Kilman. I don't think he did too much wrong. To be fair, I don't think we gave them any real clear-cut, you know, guilt-head chances. They were all long-range shots and the, the goal was a lot long-range after a bit of, bit of a look, lucky sort of deflection. So um, I'm going to give it to him because he's he's obviously carrying an injury and you know his legs heavily strapped up. There's obviously something there and 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 he's had a lot of pelters and so I'll just give it him. There weren't any standouts. Let's be honest, there was nobody really who stood out for me. Um, and um, uh, moment of the day, I'll give it to you know Belgard. He's come in and we've seen players. We've had Trinko. We've had. Guedes, we've had, you know, in those type of positions, we've had players and we've all been shaking our heads and we just haven't, we just haven't brought in a good forward attacking player um, uh, over the last few seasons. And now we've maybe got one, maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed. And that's a good start for him. He It was a good turn. He took the ball well. And he, you know, straight away, he was thinking top corner. And it, yeah, it took a deflection, but that's good. We, we like that. And hopefully he can carry that on because he did show a lot of promise, remember, against Liverpool um, before the, you know, the daft moment he had against um, Luton. So hopefully um, Neto's out. Maybe this might be the chance that he needs to impress himself. This will be him at home against, you know, big top side. And some players like, they like that, don't they? They like that big stage and, and the big moment. And, and maybe he's the one to start with Cooney and Huang. So you've got three sort of runners, you know, going forward, a bit like we played against Man City and Villa and Newcastle. So I'll give it to him. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Uh, you know, interesting that Saravi didn't come on. We're going to come on to the quiz in a second. I just want to remind everyone yesterday, I did give it a five and a half. Um, and me and Paul gave Kuhn a man of the match. We thought... Um, you know, it was a difficult, difficult course. I know some people in the chat here are going on about Kuna. I don't know what you're on about. If like, <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. He was also uh, playing a leader there yesterday, looking after Fabio at the end of the game. You know, you know. So I don't know why some people are going on about Kuna. He's like, you know, he scored three goals. He's always trying to get forward. It, yeah, he gives everything. He does give everything uh, on the pitch. 
you know, he leaves everything out on the pitch. He's That's a good cool. player. He's a quality player. If you want to sell quality players, well, we will end up going down, won't we? Um, you know, okay. So the quiz this week, it's on goalkeepers, got the boys uh, for this one. Deal. So, um, I don't want to know how far the Waterloo Road stand was <laughs> from the pitch in 1943 or anything like that. <laughs> Manny, first, second or third, I'll give you option. I went first last time, so I'll go last. Okay. Uh, Jack, first or second? Uh, let's go first. Louis Chapman was second. Okay, yeah, right. Me. Best of three penalties plus a decider if there needs to be one. Okay, so this is for Jack. Which goalkeeper with 448 appearances played the most games for Wolves? Uh, a, Burt Williams, B, Phil Parks, C, Paul Bradshaw, or D, Mike Stowell. Don't shout out in the chat, please. I, 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 have, a fit, I have a vague memory that Mike Stowell beat Burt Williams' record at one point and they did a presentation on the pitch of Burt Williams doing something for Mike Stowell. So I'm going to go Mike Stowell. Could be completely wrong, but I might go Mike Stowell. Slots the penalty away beautifully mike stowell well done that was a, that was a, a a beautiful strike to be oh, fair well, well done well, okay lewis which goalkeeper with 171 consecutive appearances holds the record for any wolves player in any position is it a burt williams b phil parks c mike stowell or d carla keevy mm. It's a tough question. I think you know some of the goalkeepers there definitely before. Um, you know, I'm, I'm you know interested a lot yeah, in football. Excuses in already there, Lewis. Yeah, I'm just you know I'm not. I need the easier questions like what is the North Bank also called, Dave? Yeah, to say he took the highest number of appearances um, Executive. as a goalkeeper, yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah. go uh, Mick, Mick Stowell, yeah. Mick Stowell. Sadly, you've I'll slotted go, it past but Manny tells me now. You've slotted it past the post. It is. Is it, uh, is it Phil Parks? Phil it's Parks. Phil Parks, yeah. <laughs> so, Lewis has missed. He's been normally so good on these penalties, but he's missed oh, his no. first one. Manny, Wolves broke their transfer record when they signed a goalkeeper for a reported 150,000 from Blackburn mm -hmm. Rovers in 1977. Who was it? Phil Parks, Paul Bradshaw, Mick Kearns, or Mick Stowell? No, it wasn't Mick Stowell, that's for sure. <laughs> it wasn't Mick Kearns. It was, it was it Bradshaw. I was four. <laughs> Bill Parks, Paul Bradshaw, Mick Kearns, Mick Stout. So I think you're going for Phil or Paul Bradshaw. So which one are you? I'm going to go for Paul Bradshaw. Slops it to the right side of the keeper. It goes in. He scores. <laughs> one to Jack. One to Manny. Lewis still to get off the road. So uh, Jack places the ball down, steps up for his second pen. Which Wolf goalkeeper, due to his powerful kicks up the pitch, was nicknamed Lofty? Was it Phil Parks, Michael Oakes, Wayne Hennessy, or Mick Stowell? Phil Parks. Oh, absolutely blazes it. 
into the top corner. A beautiful strike. That was the easiest one so far. Yeah, that's what Lewis is going, no, I wish I had that one. Yeah. Okay. Number, number four. Who was Wolves goalkeeper when they won the League Cup? Uh, this is to Lewis. In 1979-80 season, is it Paul Bradshaw, Phil Parks, John Burridge or Gary Pearce? Um, Who was Wolves what were the goalkeeper? Last two options, Dave? Pardon? What were the last two options? So you've got Phil, uh, Paul Bradshaw, Phil Parks, John Burridge or Gary Pearce? Um, I'm going to go Gary Pearce. Mate, you've hit it over the stand. It was... <laughs> this is the one I said. Paul Bradshaw. Bradshaw, yeah. <laughs> so, not out of two, struggling. Um, Manny, to yes. keep in touch with uh, Jack, yeah. which Wolves goalkeeper wore a... Oh, a Superman <laughs> outfit during his game against Newcastle <laughs> in 1982? Is it John Bradshaw? <laughs> what did you say, Manny? John Burridge. <laughs> yes, absolutely smacks it. The keeper, it knocks him through the back of the net. It's that powerful a shot. Absolutely first time, smack, no mess. He literally turns, hits it, bang, goal. Two out of two. Jack, Ooh. your third pen. Head to head. Your third pen. Which Wolves keeper won Man of the Match award in the 2002-2003 playoff final victory, which took Wolves <laughs> into the Premier League for the first He's time? It, yeah. oh, man. Look in his face. Is it Michael Oakes, Wayne Hennessy, Matt Murray or Paul Jones? I can't believe he's had those last two. And, uh, it's, it's our mate from the other day, isn't it, Dave? Matt Murray. Matt Murray slots it home. So calm, so... Nonsense. Bonus that one into the back of the net. For pride, Lewis. For pride in this round. Which club did Welsh international goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy join after leaving Wolves in 2014? Is it Stoke City, Burnley, Crystal Palace or Derby? Mm -hmm. I think I remember him playing for Palace. I'm not sure if he went straight there though. Um, oh, I, I'm going to go Palace because I know he. I know he definitely played for them, and that's the only team I can definitely for sure say he played for. So, mate, you've salvaged pride. Well done. So, Manny, to take this to a tiebreaker, <laughs> Carla Kimi. Made over 200 appearances as goalkeeper for Wolverhampton Wanderers. He was born in England, but which country did he play for at international? <laughs> <laughs> oh, smacky turns, he hits his shoe. Nigeria, you're correct. Okay, so this, Lewis, you're phased out of this one. You this can is, be VAR. <laughs> this is the final question. And the first one to shout out the answer wins the round so the final question and it's a shout out okay okay so it's like a fingers on the buzzer but you've got to shout the answer if you get it wrong it goes open to the uh to your opponent right jack and manny to win the pride of the first half for this week's show 
Wolves signed a Portuguese international goalkeeper, Rui, Rui Patricio. Patricio. That's not the question. Jose Sarr. <laughs> Maddie, let me finish the question, okay? Both of you shout out Rui Patricio. <laughs> Wolves signed the Portuguese international goalkeeper, Rui Patricio, in 2018. Which club? Sporting did Lisbon. Sporting Lisbon. Oh, you got it. I'll give it to him. Jack gets it on just, the buzzer. Eventually. Just, just. VAR, can you check that? It was... <laughs> Fantastic. Honest, yeah, uh, I think because you both got it wrong, they should uh, allow me to come back into the game. Yes, probably. Yeah. I like that, uh, but that's not the rules. Something like a true Lewis, Before we finish this half... Um, We've got Craig and Sutty coming up next, and their head-to-head is going to be be good. Um, Chris, if you're watching, you've still got time to get onto the second half of the show if you want to. Uh, Lewis, score prediction and thoughts for Tottenham Hotspur next week? Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game, Dave. I think um, you know you see them week in week out at the minute that they're in really good form, and, and they've got a top manager as well. Um, I saw that. Um, I saw I saw a video on YouTube the other day about Ange Postecoglou and how um, he'd been one of the candidates that Man City had thought about for a replacement for Pep because uh, he'd been at the uh, Japanese club that's a part of the City group um, a few years ago before he joined Celtic. Um, so I think you know they've got a top manager and they're showing that they can do it without Harry Kane. And I think Son's playing fantastic at the moment. Um, Madison's looking like one of the signings of the season. Uh, Van der Ven at the back has really offered a lot of stability for them. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really tough game, but it's it's not unlike Wolves to suffer against a team like Sheffield um, and then go and get a result against Tottenham. Uh, well, a side like Tottenham are in really good form. Um, so I, I'm going to you know, be quite optimistic and I'm going to go 1-1, Dave. 1-1. Uh, Manny, your, uh, your thoughts ahead of Tottenham and Probably, prediction? Probably, you week. know... After Man City, Villa and um, Newcastle, this is like we've gone even higher in terms of the opposition we've faced, in terms of the season they've had. You know, they're the only unbeaten team now um, uh, left. So that means they're going to lose, aren't they, someday? Uh, I think it's going to be the toughest match. I think it's going to be even tougher because, you know, Neto in those three games was absolutely superb and he frightened the lives out of those um, uh, top class defenders and and it's a shame we haven't got him for this game so it's gonna i think it's gonna be a little bit back to the wall it's gonna be a little bit more of a dig in we've got to have a bit of luck jose sars probably got to play uh, a bit of a blinder and then you know at home the way we've played recently that's wolves in it i mean we lose against sheffield and go and beat spurs so um anything out of that game i'd be over the moon with just like Probably I went into the City game. So let's go for a draw, um, which we'll, I think we'll take, <laughs> you know, with, with their... Um, with their um, uh, it'll be a tight one, though. I don't think it'll be too, very high scoring. And the, the early kickoffs are oh, they're weird anyway, aren't they? Sometimes they are. you know, you've got about 60 minutes of the game's gone and you haven't even known because it, everyone hasn't woken up. So sometimes the atmosphere let's can be a bit... Tottenham haven't woken up. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about, like you know, with, like, even with fans, because you're like early kickoffs, people take a bit of time to wait, and our, our home atmosphere has been pretty good. They haven't really got 
anyone who can be a villain at the moment for us because we like a few villains and we had McGinn, we had Nunes, and then we had McGinn, and then we had the bloody manager, uh, the sort of the referee against um, Newcastle. So you're so, going for a you know, you're going for um, a draw. Hopefully, yeah, I'll go for a one-one. Okay, Jack. Finally, final thoughts. Next week, Tottenham Hotspur, Molyneux Stadium, twelve thirty kickoff. What are you saying? Yeah, no, I agree. It'd just be so Wolves to to lose to winless Sheffield United and then beat unbeaten Tottenham, wouldn't it? It's, it's going to be a tough game, and I think you know they're they're rightly getting a lot of plaudits at the minute. Um, you know, like like Louis said, Son and, and uh, Madison are sort of ripping it up, aren't they? And, and sort of reinvented how Tottenham play a little bit. They've they've stepped out of the shadow of. Harry Kane, haven't they? So, um, yeah, let's be optimistic and let, let's say, you know, like Manny said, they've got to lose at some point, you know, and, and why can't it be to us? So, let, let's go 2-1 Wolves. 2-1 to the Wondrous. Absolutely fantastic first half of the show, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on. And no we'll problem. see you on the next one. And let's hope you're right if we get something out of that game. And uh, thanks for all the points covered tonight as well. And congratulations, Jack, on retraining and uh, getting back to winning ways this week. There we go. Cheers, thank you everybody. Yeah. Cheers. Right, what a, what a great start to the uh, to the show. Before we get on to the second half, I want I've got another Christmas gifting idea sent to me by my friends at Foco, uh, and this is a five hundred milliliter water bottle that you can get off the site. Uh, the link is in the description below. I'm just going to share a little bit of a screen for you as well here. You can see all the products that they've got going. There's the water bottle that you can get um, there. Oh, you get actually more off through us because you put always Wolves 15, you will get a good juicy discount, not only on the water bottle, but on any product for any team on the site. We've even got some Christmas stuff on there as well. So make sure you check that out. The link's in the description below. Make sure you use Always Wolves 15. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.